Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Today, we are talking to the best-selling author, Cecilia Ahern. We talked about a lot of things apart from writing books, including menopause. My way for everything would always be natural. And so I'm not going to say, you know, I don't have an argument or debate about HRT because it's up to everybody. But um, I did everything I possibly could. I know until I got to the extent where the GP said to me, you have done everything. There's nothing I can tell you to try and I, you know, so so that was the next step, really, and I'm and I'm glad I took it. But I did everything. No alcohol. Haven't drank for like <laughs> five years. I did everything. I was exercised. I ate well. I um, I was doing all different kinds of therapies. I, you couldn't everything, everything. <laughs> um, and then I did it. But the the thing was, my it was my head was in a spin. That was the interesting thing. So um, that I think it stopped spinning kind of in that way. Much more from the brilliant Cecilia Hearn in a moment. But first, I just want to talk about an amazing event I was at last night, a celebration in the round room in the Mansion House in Dublin, a send-off for the women's soccer team as they head off to the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. It was such a glorious night. The team were all there and the coach, Vera Powell, who's been on this podcast recently. And it was just fantastic to see all the team. They were just announced yesterday as well. So we had Katie McKay, Courtney Brosnan, Megan Walsh, Louise Quinn, Ornio Gorman, Amber Barrett, all these amazing women who were going to be cheering on from the 20th of July when they have their first match in Sydney. And at the end of it all, Gavin James turned up and did a surprise gig and the team were just loving it. They were up there singing and dancing and just wanted to wish uh, the girls in green the best of luck going up to the World Cup, our first World Cup in Irish sporting history and a huge moment for Irish sport as well. And we're going to be keeping a close eye as they try to get through a very difficult group. Australia's in there, Canada and Nigeria, but we'll be keeping an eye and uh, keeping you up to date as well. So the best of luck to the girls in green. Now, Cecilia Hearn is an Irish novelist known for works like P.S. I Love You, Where Rainbows End and If You Could See Me Now. She's born in Dublin and she's now published in nearly 50 countries and has sold over 25 million books worldwide. Two of those books have been adapted as movies and her book of short stories, Roar, was adapted by Apple TV with Nicole Kidman as one of the producers. Her 19th book is out now and it's called In a Thousand Different Ways. She says it's the book she's most proud of. It's about a woman named Alice who sees people's moods, emotions, energies in the form of colours around their bodies and the colours have characters and personalities which represent a different emotion and they're multi-layered just as people are and understanding them is like learning a new language. 
So it's a very emotional story about Alice as she tries to navigate her own life while feeling deeply the hopes, fears, dreams, pains, passion and love of everyone around her. How can she carve out her own path when she's so easily overwhelmed by everyone else. I talked to Cecilia about the book, but also about loads more. We talked about the perimenopause, about sensitivity as a superpower. We talked about forklift driving, pole dancing, and about her father, former Taoiseach Bertie O'Hearn, and his green fingers and his vegetables in the allotment. So there is a lot in this conversation, and I really hope you enjoy it. Cecilia O'Hearn, welcome back to the Women's Podcast. We're delighted to have you. I was reading your book in a thousand different ways and it reminded me of conversations I've had with you before where I always think that sensitivity and being a sensitive and empathic person is kind of your superpower. It's what you bring to writing. And this character in the book, Alice, is all about that. It's like a really hyper-realised version of someone who's very sensitive. So I was wondering how much of you is in this book. Tell us about Alice and about the writing of it. Alice is... So it's about... an. Alice, who has the ability to see people's moods and emotions in the form of colours around their bodies. And if that colour travels to her, well, she can see exactly how people are feeling by by recognising these colours. But if the colour moves to her or touches her, then she can also feel exactly how people are feeling. Um, It's something that she experienced from a very young age at eight. And the story is about just following her through her whole life as she tries to navigate living what it's like to feel the stuff from everyone else around her, but also try to find make her own way in the world. Um, and what I, I wanted to write about, what it's like to be highly sensitive, what it's like to be empathetic. And so many people aren't. Like, the surprising thing is that so many people aren't. And um, it doesn't make people not caring, but it means that when you say you feel what other people feel, it's very confusing to, to people. So I wanted to use colour as a way to show how moods can travel, you know, and how things can be transferred from one person to the next. Um, and so, yes, I mean, I think I'm obviously not to the extent of Alice because this is a very heightened version of what it's like to be an empath. But but there is a huge amount of me in there because I do consider myself empathetic and at times highly sensitive. Um, so I was able to put, take fragments of myself and put them into this character. And I really... Um, I think it makes it even uh, kind of more special, this book, than any other, because I felt like I emptied the tank into the story. And I like <laughs> that expression. And I, I was thinking then, because you have had sort of anxiety when you were younger, and I, I imagine that's around the fact that you were quite an empathic person. I think it's difficult as a young person, if you're able to tune into everything that's going on mm. around you and and soak it up then it can be kind of overwhelming and it can be difficult. Is that what you would sort of, when you look back at your sort of teenage years or younger years? I never even considered it. I hadn't even thought about well, that. Well, now you're in I, the therapy yeah. studio. This is, you know. <laughs> but it must be, like, I've never known the answers for that, but it, it must be, you know, if you're picking up on all the feelings around you. And now I understand that sometimes, um, like I find going to theatre, which I love doing, but I find I can get very nervous, you know, because you're feeling all the stuff of people around you and... Um, I'm taking it too seriously, you know, it's, or, you know, the actor, I'm feeling what the actor's feeling. So I think even at that young age, maybe that I was just feeling stuff and I didn't know where it would come out of the blue and I would get nervous. Um, so that probably did, yeah, the empathy and the sensitivity probably did feed it. But I didn't know that at the time, nor, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out. And do you feel it's like, when I, I said it was sort of a superpower, I think it's what you bring to your writing, it's how you can um, imagine all these different characters. Mm. You can put yourself in the shoes of so many different characters as you've done over 20 years, a book a year. It's incredible output. 
Um, but are there downsides to that? Because I was talking to someone the other day and thinking about, because I feel a bit, I don't think I'm maybe as quiet as you and I'm definitely not like Alice, but I definitely pick up on things when I come into a room and I mm. kind of know what's going on. And it is surprising that you realise other people aren't necessarily seeing that. Yeah. And I kind of think sometimes ignorance would be bliss if you didn't yeah. really know. There's downsides to it too, there, there aren't there? There definitely are, you know, and that's what I wanted to explore with this, how, how she does not see it as a superpower. Um, it is not. Um, it's a burden. It's a burden, yeah, and it's, at times it can be. And I think when I said I'm not always sensitive, it just depends what's going on in my life, maybe. I don't know if it's hormonal, whatever. They're the kind of things that I'm questioning in, in the novel. But um, that you can feel more sensitive than others. Um, and it's just, you don't want people's stuff. I mean, there's two ways I could have written the book. You know, I was thinking, oh, she feels other people's, um, she knows what other people are feeling, she knows what their their sadnesses are. And she can help them. You know, that's that's the one story you could write where she goes and that would be the episodic, mm. you know, American show. Um, and this, I, I didn't want to go down that route. I wanted to write about not wanting that and how can you shield yourself from the world? How can you stop everybody else's stuff from impacting you? Mm. And, and that's, and how can you build yourself up and protect yourself? And, um, and because empathy does not equal compassion, you know, you can feel what everyone else is feeling, but you might not might not care or want to help. <laughs> you know, an empathetic person doesn't mean that you're a lovely person. So uh, all of those things, you know, were the things I wanted to explore. And uh, it's sometimes, you know, I would go, I mean, I'm not a nosy person at all, actually. <laughs> I, I'm not, I wouldn't really, I don't, I'm not like a Jessica Fletcher, <laughs> you know, like looking at people and trying to figure stuff out. I really don't. It's just that you pick up on things sometimes and, and it's like there's another language. It's sometimes it's the things that people, well, it's always the things that people aren't saying. Um, I don't really necessarily look at the person who's talking. I love, I always find myself looking at people who are listening. Um, I've always done that as a kid when my, my family are watching TV. I, I'm always, I look at their faces. I'm not, so that's just the thing that I do. I'm like, what, how, what, what are the, how are people reacting to this? How do other people feel? Because the person who's talking knows that everybody's looking at them. Uh, the people who are listening don't and they give things away in their face. Um, and the silences give things away and body movements, you know, give things away. And that's the language that I think I speak. Not what people are saying, but kind of a connection. That's really interesting. Yeah. And do you then, say when you're looking around, say when you were younger, looking around at your family watching TV or other situations, are you? does it mean that if somebody's not happy or if you went to a party or if you went to a sleepover, are you tuning into kind of the mood of other people? And if other people aren't enjoying themselves, did that affect you? Hmm. because that happens to someone I know close to me. I, she doesn't listen to the podcast, I can say my daughter. It's one of the things that she struggles with is that if other people aren't enjoying themselves, she finds it difficult to relax. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna monitor that now, that you can And then relax. come back to me and you yeah. can just report. But the good thing is that when people are, then it's really, like, it's not just the negative. You know, when, when, when there's a great vibe, then it feeds your soul. Like, it's really... Um, when people are happy, it's a lovely thing. So it, it works both ways. I do find that if I'm with someone who's very negative, then they really suck my energy. So yes, I suppose that's what yeah, she means. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, does it affect you? Yeah, I, I get really... I do find myself physically turning away from people sometimes. Like, I just can't. They've got this. <laughs> it's not even what they're saying. Sometimes it's just a feeling like of heaviness. Um, on a plane in particular... I feel it with and you people. Can't like, escape. Yeah, in in these <laughs> confined spaces, it's like, or, or even you know, bad vibes like that person's. 
got some badness in them. Okay. <laughs> They've done some bad things. I just sometimes feel, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm right, by the way. I could be making all this up. But you, I do feel like I have good instincts at times. And Alice, people. as you mentioned, sees colours. So she sees the moods and the feelings yeah. and the energies in colour. Where did that come from? That I, do you see that yourself? Or no, I absolutely don't. But I, I think what I wanted to do was try to explain something that's invisible. You know, and how can you, how can you explain feelings and I, so that was where the colours came from if you can basic you know ba- explain it in very basic terms if someone's very angry and there's the hot red mist and they're spouting at you and they just pass it on to you and in the novel then you'll see the red mist travels and it lands on the other person um, someone might push you know brush against that person and they take the anger with them and that's I feel what happens you know if you go into the shop and someone's narky with you and that's like you've just now put me in a bad mood. I'm going to take that out. My kids, <laughs> they're going to go to school and take that out in someone else. You know, feelings, emotions, how we treat each other travels from one person to the next. And I don't think everybody thinks about that. So um, it is very like sweet and cheesy to say be kind, but I think that that works. You know, if you are, what you send out and give out to other people um people receive and pass it on. Aren't so. we also talking then about how we react to things? Because yes, feelings can, the red mist can come and someone can try to get us. But if we don't take it on, there's a way of kind of maybe not letting the the colours, whatever they are, yeah. settle on us, that we're kind of in our own yeah. uh, state when we're very kind of um, equanimous, I think is the word that the Buddhists use. That's a nice word. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was also a thing I wanted to explore in the novel, which is how she and her two siblings deal with everything differently. Um, Her mother, Lily, is, I must say, this all came from childhood. Her mother was undiagnosed bipolar at that stage, bipolar disorder. And so um, Alice does not know what kind of version of her mother she's going to get on any given day. And so she's watching her, analysing her, kind of tiptoeing around her. And that's when these skills start to come about because she's reading her so much that she starts to see the colours. and it travels then to her siblings and then to everybody else in the world. But she has an older brother, Hugh, and a younger bo- brother, Ollie. And um, everything, when the mother is kind of spouting, all her colours go over Hugh's head. They just, yeah, I love that. Yeah, they just, he just... Some people are yeah, able, aren't they, to just not take the things on. Exactly. And it's, it's either a personality or it's a learned thing. That's it. And then there's Alice who's dodging. She's ducking and diving. Um, and then Ollie, unfortunately, absorbs everything. He's just taking everything. So that's, I think it comes down to personality and, um, and why when we all live in the same house and have the same environment, do we come out of things differently? And I wanted to show, again, using colour, well, that person has managed to let it literally go over their head. Um, this person is dodging it and finding tools and techniques to evade it. And then somebody else is just sucking it all up. Yeah. So um I did find myself thinking of my own family actually reading the book because there's eight of us and you know we've had sort of various different traumas in our family and things that happened when we were all young and and just how things affect people differently and who takes on stuff and who doesn't who's mm. able to kind of carry on and who kind of has a lifelong struggle with something you know it's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I find it fascinating and that because this book covers from 8 years to it's an epic 80. sprawl. Yeah, it is. It's it's how people's lives can go down different paths because, of course, starting a childhood, but how you deal with things differently, but how your makeup kind of um, causes you, or causes these characters anyway, to, to yeah. take different directions. Now, you did mention the word hormonal. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm buzzword. We, we are talking a lot, and as the whole world seems to be talking a lot about I menopause. Know. I mean, Joe Duffy discovered the menopause. I don't know if you know oh, a few amazing. years ago, <laughs> and he had a like I think it was a whole I'm week. Sure, uh, it's not called the Duffy pause then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, the Joe pause. Um, talk to Joe about the menopause. Um, and I was actually just down in Boris uh, Festival of Writing Ideas talking to Mariella Frostrup, who has a book about it. And I know you wrote this while perimenopausal. Mm. So this is the women's podcast. How has your perimenopause been and how is it continuing? Um, well, I have to say this book would not have come about. Like I come up with ideas a lot. I know this is going to sound like I'm not answering, but I'm getting You're going eventually. to be answering after. Yeah, I, I know you will. Um, <laughs> a lot of ideas that I'll say, oh, maybe it's not right now, but I'll write it in a few years time. I don't think I could have written this at any other time of my life. And I think that's why it feels so special. There were just so many things that kind of came crashing together. Unwanted things, you know, <laughs> these are not joyful things. Uh, postnatal, right. first of all. Perimenopausal. And in a lockdown. So like three big things that made Three Ps, the pandemic, the three Ps, and postnatal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so there was all sorts of stuff, the emotions, you know, everything was flying. And, and that's how I wrote this. It was I was feeling so much and I wrote a book about feeling. So I couldn't, and I don't think I couldn't do it now. You know, I couldn't. Um, so how am I doing? Anyway, that that's that's how I was feeling. <laughs> I felt like um, I was feeling everything. I felt like I was feeling everybody's stuff. And um, there was so much going on. You know, you think, is it, is it the baby or is it the... You don't know. Like, and it takes a couple of years to figure all that out, you know, and brilliant doctor who, who you know, kept seeing me and, and kept listening and saying, look, we have to wait a bit. You know, this, we don't know if it's baby or if it's this, that and the other. But um, yes, yeah, so I've got my gels and my creams. You've got and my, your gels and your creams. <laughs> yeah, That's I've great. On the HRT and everything. On the HRT. Okay. Yeah. And did you find it made a difference? Because I haven't, I mean, I think I'm coming maybe towards, I mean, in my dreams, I'm coming towards the end, but I've been saying that for a while. And I didn't go down the HRT yeah. route because I don't think, well, I mean, my partner might say my symptoms were first. <laughs> I thought I was okay, but I think uh, I didn't necessarily feel I wanted to do that. But I have friends who it really, really I tried, helped. I tried everything. Not to do it. So yeah. my my way for everything would always be natural. And so I'm not going to say, you know, I don't have an argument or debate about HRT because it's up to everybody. But um, I did everything I possibly could. I know until I got to the extent where the GP said to me, you have done everything. There's nothing I can tell you to try. And I, you know, so so that was the next step, really. And I'm, and I'm glad I took it. But I did everything, you know, I don't no no alcohol. Haven't drank for like five years. I did everything. I was exercised. I ate well. I um, I was doing all different kinds of therapies. I, you couldn't everything, everything. <laughs> um, and then I did it. But the the thing was my it was my head was in a spin. That was the interesting thing. So um, that I think it stopped spinning kind of in that way. And what was the symptoms that you were particularly wanted to try and get an end to? You talk about head spinning. So was it kind of a brain fog thing? Was it Yeah, which I would be bad anxiety? with anyway. Was I would be bad with brain fog. <laughs> <Here's> <laughs> like your um, sister, yeah. I don't remember it. not just names but faces. So I think it takes me a good 10 times to meet someone before I know who they are and it can and and that's funny, right? But it's not because it can make for a very your job embarrassing, as well. uncomfortable when I'm panicking when people are coming up to me and talking and I'm like how do I know them how do I know them and it's like and it happens over and over again um things like that and then I got a parking ticket I forgot to pay. I thought I paid my parking ticket I didn't and, and I was like <gasps> and I was like, my husband's like you're gonna go to jail <laughs> I just felt like I was getting everything wrong I was forgetting everything so I was missing doesn't pay a parking <laughs> ticket just, like you just see the sun headline uh, there then I, then I did pay it by the way I paid it <laughs> 
But just doing things that I wouldn't ordinarily do, making mistakes. I, I got, I drove into town, had a meeting and got a taxi home. And I looked out my window and went, where's my car? <laughs> where's my car? So and that's actually a couple of years ago. That's not even. But um, so just really, really, really forgetful things. And that's 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 just not comfortable to live with. So there's that. And then there was rage. Ultimate okay. rage. Talk to me about yeah. the rage. Yes, I'm, I can relate. Yeah, just out of nowhere, I finally understand what it's like to be my husband. <laughs> just, you know, absolutely from zero to 100 in in a second. So, uh, and that's not nice. And I was just going to say, like being angry. I bet that's not you, because I can be a bit narky at home, I'm not going to lie. But mine went a bit like on a, on a level. But if you were... If you were not that person and then suddenly, because I have friends exactly what you said, who are not like, who are very mm. on an even keel, who don't get really angry. And then they found themselves just snapping over the tiniest things. Yeah. And they didn't recognise themselves. Is it that kind of feeling for you? That's the, yeah. I mean, the kids would say differently. Like, obviously, I can be angry mommy. Like, that's just, there's a normal mum rage. But it's the <laughs> other stuff. Yeah, it was um, like, <laughs> I was just getting really annoyed by people's rudeness. Like, you know, say in a shop, a sales assistant, and I'd be like, you know, I just feel like trying to look them in the eye and go, excuse me, hello, you know, just <laughs> this kind of angry woman, this hot, angry woman was coming out. Um, yeah, getting angry about people's inefficiency and like just lack of kindness and but but being rude then because of it. <laughs> so know? not really practicing what you're <laughs> no, preaching like at just, all. Oh, I just got, um, you know, just obviously then lose my temper with the kids and things like that. I don't like it. I don't like being angry. I would, you know, I, I go, usually I would go quiet. I go into myself and think about things. If I go quiet, then you probably need to worry. But um, the, the rawr, this thing and the teeth, rawr, I don't like that monster woman. And you do have a book called Roar as well. I do, so. yeah, I know. <laughs> but I didn't want, and that's the thing, I wasn't comfortable calling that Roar. Yeah, I, I because um, it was too ragey. Yeah, it was too ragey. Don't like the ragey, angry woman. Um, and uh, but then I was thinking, well, these writing is my voice and my roar, so that's. I, I, that's but obviously, I then you were also seeing into the future when you were the roar woman. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I've obviously always had a, a rant or two. I'm of not, course, I'm not completely quiet, but uh, yeah, it was all just that stuff where you feel like you're out of control, and that was the one thing I said to my GPS. I feel like I'm living in a different body I don't feel like this is me and she said right well that's the trigger so that's the words that I the, the sentence I've heard so many so tell say. me then when you got your HRT and you tried all these other things I'm because you're talking about this by the way <laughs> but this is really important <laughs> stuff Real do you know stuff. what Cecilia though it's like I have dinner parties not very often but when I do and sometimes it's just women and we did one thing the other the last time and we had a it wasn't quite a conch but it was something it was a candle or something and we all went around all women of the same age we all went around just telling where we were in yeah, this journey nice. yeah. and it was so refreshing because like when I was growing up and I know my mum would have been going through the menopause and I wouldn't have had any conversations with her about it we didn't talk about it it's a perfectly natural thing that happens to all of us and yet we think it's this oh we better not yeah. you know talk. so I think we almost have to fake it till we make it and talk about it as if it's normal and then for our children it will be and it will be something yeah, you'll talk to your children exactly, about and that is important but if I came in here with a broken arm I also wouldn't want to tell you why I broke it <laughs> I mean that's just the way I am yeah but I think it is from a privacy to, perspective yeah, I agree it is good to talk about it and everyone's talking about it and I feel like that is the I've had more conversations about this with absolute strangers um, and I did talk about it on the radio before and I went to the supermarket then still kind of cringing <laughs> I was still in the cringe mode um, which happens after interviews I think I'll be in a cringe mode for a couple of days after this um, 
And then, but it was a lovely one. We said, oh, I was listening to you this morning and I was like, oh, so by the cheese oil. And, <laughs> of course, um, the cheese course. oil. And she said, no, we were in the uh, hairdressers. We were all listening to you. And I thought, oh, no, that's even worse. But she said, we're all wondering which gel you're using. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it was lovely. It's it was like lovely. swapping tips. I walked out of that supermarket going, okay, that wasn't. That, that, that wasn't good. a bad thing. So. I think that's growth. So was it immediate, the effect um, for you? No, no, I wouldn't say it was immediate. And it's not even magical. And nothing ever, you know, fixes and stops and stuff. But it's definitely, when you look back, you can see there's a progression. And I think that's that's where the hope lies. Yeah. Is that, you know, um, things. And I, and I think something like that, you always have to monitor and change and things like that. So yeah, I do feel less in a... A swirl, I think. Than yeah, I and, and the other thing about HRT, because of that report, um, whenever it was 20 years ago, you know, a whole generation of women stopped taking because there was the links with breast oh, cancer no, and I everything. Oh, I was afraid for that reason too. Yeah, yeah but that yeah. was like shown to be a, a really badly reported and not right at all. And and um, I think it's brilliant that it's not for everybody. And like we, ha- mm. I spoke to Dr. Deirdre Lundy, who's a brilliant expert in menopause, and she very much says it's not. You know, yeah. everyone doesn't have to take it. Some people have menopause that the symptoms aren't that bad but if you're suffering in a, in a way yeah. that you can't even recognise yourself then yeah, yeah. of course take the drugs that are going to help yeah, exactly. you know why do you have to struggle through and, and you know if you're in an office job and you're coming into work every day feeling in that ragey thing or anxious or whatever it is and you can't yeah. do your job you know oh, I know yeah I think if you have to do but I, but I do think for me try everything else first because I always think that um you know, I, I believe in the healing effects of nature. I do think it's it's there for a reason. So if you can do those things first and then then try the other But stuff, it's interesting you know. because you were in the perimenopause and you're feeling everything and you wrote this book. It's like yeah. you say, you couldn't have written it at any couldn't. other time because yeah. all of that was swirling around. Yeah, absolutely. So it you was, really made best use of it, I think. I <laughs> it was a gift or was it a burden? Um, well, I, I, as uh, it's explored in the novel. <laughs> and it's funny because the, the idea came up years before and... Um, but I didn't want to write like a magic, a magic book. You know, I wanted it to be very much grounded in reality, no matter how much I play around. I always do that with my novels. But then the other thing that happened was that when I was pregnant with my third baby, um, I started getting these aura migraines. Yes. And and that and then that was an eye opener. Never, I'd never heard of them. I didn't know anything about them. But they're basically these just intense migraines, but have very unusual side effects. Like you. You don't see colours like this, not that I've written, but you, you can see like a light, like a shining light in, in one eye or things that seem very far away or very close. It, it's very confusing, can have stroke-like symptoms. Um, so I did speak to a neurologist about it and um, learned that it was, you know, as a result of my pregnancy. But of course, and then I used that to my benefit as well. And he, he was talking about Alice in Wonderland, which is one of my favourite mm-hmm. books. And I think... The world is like Alice in Wonderland. And he said that, um, Lewis Carroll, that he suffered from more migraines. No way! And that book is basically all of the symptoms of more migraines. And so that's why I called my character Alice. And, right. um, and just learning that, I thought, well, it doesn't have to be a magic book to write something like this because the bodies and our minds are so incredible that people go through fascinating things all the time and it's not magic mm. so that was my kind of my way into the story um, I felt if if you can experience these things in a migraine and it's really intense what you experience then someone yeah someone can yeah. experience without Alice ex- experiencing now something that is amazing and magical is that it's 20 years since P.S. I Love You oh my god isn't that just yeah. t- next year isn't it 20 years um, yes because it was 2004 yeah. yeah so uh, that is crazy to me 
Like I, I remember so clearly when the book came out. You must obviously it changed your life yeah. forever. The, yeah. the trajectory of it. And what do you think? Twenty years looking back at you know twenty one year old Cecilia, like <laughs> it's been some journey. Um, yeah. It's been incredible, actually. And if I had, but if I'd known, if I had known then that all of this would happen, uh, I probably would have been too afraid to do anything at all. But but, but it's. Yeah, I mean, where I was, I had just finished college and I I got the idea for this story and just sat down to write with absolutely no plans, no intentions to to be published. Mm -hmm. It was so honest and naive, maybe. And all all of these fantastic things happened and life completely changed. Like it gave me a life, gave me a career. Um, So I'm so so grateful. I, I look back with absolute... Like huge appreciation and um, it is dreamlike what happened, you know. Yeah. And you did a relative values with your dad, Bertie Hearn, recently. Yes, in yeah. And one of the things he said was really, I thought, very, I was just a nice and proud father, but he was talking about your work ethic um, because he obviously was someone who's, you know, got that work ethic mm. as well and he probably passed it on to you or you saw him working very hard as a politician. But you've had a book a year and I mean, this, it's quite a pressurised thing to do mm. to not say one year do you know what I'm going to or did you or is it is well, it I did. like so when I had my f- I would have t- I took a year out when I had my first baby but that's as much as you did right I mean yeah yeah and then I think we made up for it another year exactly by doing two, so, so you kind of have yeah. averaged out yeah um was that important to you when once you had the first one that you you felt like you had to kind of continue it and or, or was I presume there was pressure from publishers but did you have that on yourself as well are you that kind of person yeah I put huge pressure on myself I mean, like, I'm not competitive with anybody else but myself. I just put so much, like, if I, if I spoke to a friend as I speak to myself, I, I, I wouldn't be a good friend, you know. I'm really, really hard on myself. But I love what I do. I, I just absolutely love it. And, but I'm almost kind of obsessive about it. As soon as I begin something, I have to finish it. So, and then if I, I do, I do see the imagination like a muscle. If you don't use it, I'm afraid it will, Right. It will stop. Yeah, <laughs> will, yeah, yeah. It won't, um, I won't be able to exercise it anymore. So I just keep, and, and that's the thing, the more you kind of work it, the more ideas that come. And then I just, I kind of feed, my, my brain is feeding itself all the time. Um, it is a gift, like it's a pressure, but I, I mean, how lucky am I? There will be years when I'm sure there will, no one will want a book, you know, that's all to come. So I do want to embrace that and... And this is the moment to to write what I can now. And you're writing your 20th book, is that right? Um, yes. Because this is 19. This is 19. Well, I, yes, I've written my 20th You've written already, it? But oh, I, did, I thought you were, okay, Yeah, but I'm writing. So the, my 20th book to be published is being written now. Okay. The, the 20th book I wrote will uh, be the 21st published. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just a weird thing that happened. I sh- uh, showed it to my publisher. What happened was, after writing this book, after putting so much... Of, of myself into yeah. it. I was like depleted. So um, the next book I wrote was so completely different and a bit wacky that my publisher You're always went, a bit wacky though, Cecilia, no, if you don't mind me saying. But I really pushed it. Um, and they looked at it and went, like, we, we like this. But I think to follow that, it's not right. You know, you, we have, okay. we're, we're bringing people in on this and, and the next thing, even though you needed to do that for you, um, will have to be after that. So I, then I had to kind of go back to the drawing board. So now, okay, so that book is going, the yeah. book you're writing now will come out next. Yes. And yeah, then the book April. you've already written will come out after that. Is yes, that what they're yeah, saying? Yeah. Okay, so you are writing a book at the moment. Yes, I and am. And can you tell us anything about what it's about? 
Um, do you know, I really can't because I'm only halfway through it. So I'm still figuring it out. But coming back to talking about this has yeah. been nice because the the character that I'm in at the moment is is like really in a hole. <laughs> and when and I think that's the reason why I'm like to write quickly is to get out of that because I'm in it too. Okay. You know, I'm in it with her. So because I Because of all that. Yeah, you, I went you, yeah. home yesterday feeling really anxious and I was like, God, what did something happen? Well, I can't remember. I woke up this morning feeling a bit heavy. And then I remembered, it's not me, it's the character. <laughs> you know, it's not me. It's okay, Cecilia. So I need to get her out of that. And that, I think, kind of feeds my compulsion to, like, write really quickly and make everything okay again. Um, so that's that's where she is. Fair enough, she's in a hole. Unsurprisingly, okay, no. I've created this person. It's quite tense, actually. This novel is more tense than any others, um, which follows the the absolute colourful explosion that I wrote that's <laughs> after this. And then I went tense again, so... Um, but, you know, a woman in turmoil. Um, okay. Yeah. That's that's fair mm. enough. Yeah. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And going back to the relative values as well and your dad, I thought it was really interesting that you did that together because, you know, it's it's been all through your 20-year career. You know, the fact that your dad was Taoiseach, the fact that he's a prominent figure is something we always have to always have to mention him yeah. because, you know, last time you told me about um, the allotment and that's how right, that's a big yeah. part of you with the grandchildren yeah. coming into it as well. So the other thing I wanted to then ask you is like, is, is he going to be president, do you think? <laughs> Um, I think I, I will not comment on his career. I think that would be the wisest thing to do. As he doesn't talk about my books, I shall not talk about his. I think that's, you know, that's for him to decide and for him to talk about. Okay. Anything I add will not help <laughs> any situation. That is probably true. It's probably yeah, correct. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, my, my, my instincts are telling me <laughs> to stay quiet. Yes. Um, but what about the allotment then? Are you, is he still down in the allotment? Can you talk Absolutely. about his veg and his fruit? Oh my gosh. Is he in the allotment? Yeah. That's the full-time career. <laughs> Um, apart from all the other things he does. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and we were there with the kids. Uh, we, we had the potatoes last Sunday for oh, lunch. Lovely. I mean, we are eating what we what we grow, Isn't which is nice? fantastic. Yeah. So he's got, a, it's it's a huge space and he's growing so many different things. I'm, um, and proudly 
you know, he proudly shows you around and it's so good for the soul to be there. Um, and he has, it was so sweet, he, he built these um, spaces for the kids, um, like these wooden, gosh, I know what my you allotment mean. language, what is plots, the word? basically. Pl- yeah, yeah. Kind plots. Of, plots. Hey, yeah, we'll planter, plots. Planter plots. Planter plots. 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 Um, Plonkers, they'll be calling us for this chat. <laughs> There's people at home shouting at us. Um, and he has raised a, beds. A, right, thank you. Thank you. Look Jamie. at me. Well With done. My green fingered allotment knowledge just came to me there. Uh, and he's engraved all the grandkids' names on each no. one, so they have their own. And That's so and sweet. so you know, a couple of times a year, it's their responsibility to go in, plant, take care of their of what they're growing. So. It's a really nice space that to be. That is brilliant. And maybe you can go down there with your forklift. Oh, <laughs> that's the word. I'm so proud of myself. You are yeah. a forklift driver. I am. Qualified. I am now, qualified for People are just not going to know what the hell, why are you a forklift driver? <laughs> Tell us about your forklift journey. So one of my favourite things to do as an author, um, apart from writing, is to go to the warehouses when you're doing stock signings. And uh, these big pallets, I'm very lucky to say, Roddy Doyle said to me now, be careful when you're saying pallets of your books arrive, <laughs> because not everyone gets pallets. I'm so lucky to have pallets of my books that arrive. Roddy's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But, and, um, but I celebrate it and of I'm course. proud of it. And, I, and again, as I said, it won't happen soon, <laughs> probably. So I'm going to celebrate the pallets that are now arriving at, <laughs> at, um, at warehouses for me to do these stock signings. And I just love warehouses. I am a, I am a, I am a child. I'm actually a very childlike person. <laughs> I think you know that. I love a high vis. You know, um, I just love dress up and playing. And even though it's work, but I oh, in years gone by, they used to let me sit on the forklift. Okay. But now, you know, that's twenty years ago. Health and safety things have changed, <laughs> yeah. and there's now no fun in warehouses. Terrible. So the last time I was in, I was in three warehouses in one day, signing so thousands and thousands, and I said can I sit in your forklift? Every single one of them said, no, no, health and safety, no. And the last guy said to me, if you come back with your license, I'll let you on it. And I just went, bing. <laughs> Googled how to get my forklift license. Um, off I went to the Irish School of Motoring in Finglas. And um, and I only did the, I did the day. It was a day. I could have it's done. enough though, yeah, right? So I got my... Um, did you literally go back with your license? Yeah. To the warehouse? That's I am. Um, yeah, I know. I, and I had to do like... You do this perfect figure of eight forward, <laughs> reverse it, do it with the palette, without the palette. Then I had to watch fatalities for like an hour. Like Forklift <laughs> fatalities? Yeah, that was part of it. Sorry, that's not see, funny. I that's know it was terrible. not funny to show how forklifts, Cecilia, are not fun. <laughs> how they can be very dangerous. Yeah, this is not a game, This is not Cecilia. a game, Cecilia. Um, and this is also a proper job, Cecilia, which I know. And um, Now you know before there was you that, And then... What did I have to do? A written test and then the actual driving test. So I was very proud of myself and I met the most amazing people there as well. Which So the whole experience was great. And I got my, my certificate and yeah, they just said, you, you're really kind of raising the bar for all authors who come yeah. in for, for signings. So you've got that ambition gone. Have you any other ambitions like that that you have in the back drawer that you want I've, to Yeah, loads fulfill? of kind of, I'm that type of person. Yeah, I love a challenge. Okay. So, um... Someone did say to me, how are you going to get the the pallets from the warehouses to the bookstores? So wouldn't it be great if I drove a big HGV, is that the word? Yes, very good. Um, that would imagine me in that. <laughs> so you're going to get your beep, truck beep, driver's beep, license beep, next, is that what you're saying? Well, maybe. 
maybe, maybe. But, but that's, about, that's more than a day. What about isn't it? a bus? I think I could see you driving oh, a I'd bus. I'd love to. Yeah, because I got on a bus yesterday, and there was a woman driving the bus, I and it was so nice to, drive to see her. I was like, "Hello, yeah. woman driving a bus." I know there's a few women, but there's not that many, and they're trying to recruit more. Cecilia, they are. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Okay, you've heard it here now. Yeah. If you see Cecilia driving a bus, that's what's happened. She's moved from her yeah. forklift to the bus and pole dancing. <laughs> really? And I could do that in the bus. <laughs> you could in a certain type of bus. Like it's like a head party bus kind of thing. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you really want to do pole dancing? Tell us about um, that. Are you yeah. doing it already? No, I'm not. No, but I'm going to look into start. It just looks like amazing fitness. It's very fitness because yeah. you're into your fitness, aren't you? Sorry. How's the gym going? Because I talked to you the last time about squats and things like that. And <laughs> yeah. Well, I was doing boxing and kickboxing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And... Um, I'm, I'm doing, yeah, I just really enjoy that. I think, but I do it more for for the head and the body, mostly for the head. So I'm still at that. But the pole, and I'm just always looking at different ways to make it fun. And I think pole dancing looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'll, I'll come back to you on that one. Yeah, do, yeah. do, do. I might do a little Something show else I heard about you recently that I thought was interesting was that you destroyed your childhood diaries. Is that right? Yeah. I found that really weird because I would have thought if you have this record of that time in your life, which is not everyone bothers to do, you know, yeah. and you had that and then why would you get rid of it? Um, I feel like it served its purpose, but also there was the fear of if anyone anyone gets their hands on these. How, like, first of all, how embarrassing. But also, I didn't write them for other people to read. I wrote them because the writing helped me. And I kept them for a long amount of time, but without even reading them. Like, they were in a box in storage. And um, and then I read through them when I was getting rid of them. And and then, then I just felt like... I just felt like at end end of chapter. I don't know. I just feel like I'm Did moving on. Did you learn on. anything about yourself from reading through them or was it a horrible experience? I like, learned that I've not changed a bit since I was eight. <laughs> well, they do say that, show me the girl at seven and I'll show you the woman. I mean, yeah. they actually say, show me the boy at seven and I'll show you the man. That's oh, the really? phrase. But I'm just changing Let's it. Let's change it. Yeah, exactly. But they do say that seven yeah. is the kind of, that's it, that's who you are. It's very, very, uh, very similar. Just thinking Always thinking, looking ahead, wondering about what's ahead. Um, see, I never consider it. I've had this discussion before. I don't consider myself a worrier. I just think that's thinking and planning <laughs> and being prepared. But I, other people might say that's worrying. Like, actually, it was with you I discussed this with before. Mm. Um, when people were like, pandemic, who knew that would come? And I said, well, I'd actually considered it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> and I don't think that that's worrying, but that's kind of... Like looking down all avenues of life. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, and when I travel, I look at the countries, I'm like, how close are they yes. to possible war? Like, are, are their borders ever going to close in the next two weeks? Will I be able to get home? Like, I just think of all these things. I think that's very practical thinking. <laughs> Some people might think that's some people might call it worrying. catastrophic. No, thinking. but it's not. I'm not panicking. I'm just like, you know, okay. maybe I don't fly in there. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you destroy the diaries? Um, I I just ripped them up and then shredded them. Yeah, I didn't like. I dance feel like that's or, little Cecilia though, little Cecilia being Yeah, but I think that was new Cecilia saying, uh, "Well done, okay. bye bye now." Yeah, it must be something with this new phase I'm moving into. Is like, we were also moving house. Oh, so um, it was it was like part of the decluttering almost that and like moving on new phase yeah. and like what do I need, what do I want. You know, what do I want to bring with me yeah. to the next phase of my life? You didn't, didn't want feel to bring they that. might be useful for you at any point in the future in terms of even your writing or anything like that? No. Or the, mem I mean, I mean, the memoir that's coming? 
memoir. Actually, that's a shame. Is yeah, because there's so much I wrote that I'd forgotten, which I t- I've explained my memory, so that's not very surprising. But there were so many big things that had happened that I forgot. So yes, in that aspect, it, it is a shame <laughs> that I've gotten rid of memories. <laughs> but um, especially when you don't remember things. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> like, but I don't think I need. I don't think they serve me positively. I think all that they were doing was sitting there gathering dust and making me feel worried about who would find them. And I don't think that's that's a, not good. That's not a good thing. I was thinking about Taylor <laughs> Swift though. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? Um, I admire her. Yes. Okay. You're, okay. You're not like me then, obsessed and Swifty and all that. I'm not stuff. obsessed. But you're going to go and see her. I hope next year, maybe if you get tickets. Will you try to get tickets? No, it's just me. Okay, I'm just sitting here in my own That's Swifty okay, but universe. I have other people. But she, uh, yeah. <laughs> who's, who are you? Your people. Um, who do you love? Oh, <laughs> who do I, I love? Well, I can think about it for a second. I um, yeah, she kept very assiduous diaries, childhood diaries from for a long time, and I, I've in her documentary, she has them all. Very much um, in a box, and I, you know I can't see her ever getting rid. But I really like that idea of embracing this newer, this new yeah. po- Cecilia, this new phase in your life, and saying, "Okay, served me well, did that, gone." It's quite yeah. mature, or something. Oh, thank you. Well. Yeah, it was. I did think about it, you know, but but I also didn't. <clears throat> if there's any, um, there was no niggling, like. You know, there was no, oh, should you or not? It was. I was very sure that there's no need for them anymore. I thought about it for a long time. Hmm. Okay. So is there any other ambitions we talked about? Like, is there, in terms of, your, would you write a memoir? Oh, I think Have I've you learned, been asked that No, so I, I never, no, never. Um, I've never been asked. And I don't, I suppose at this stage I've learned to never say never. Like, I'm, yeah. Um, as you said, I'm, I'm so private. I, mm. I keep a lot of stuff to myself. I don't even say things out loud <laughs> most of the time. Uh, writing is my way of understanding things. But, you know, then I probably, we, we keep changing, as I know, and that's what I write about. So maybe a future version of me will want to do that and find that helpful. Yeah. Uh, but not not this not this girl. <laughs> and just before we go, the, the going back to the book, um, the colours are everywhere. Mm. And colours, sort of, p- certain people are different colours. What colour do you think you are? I'm seeing a big yellow kind of aura. What are you nice. feeling? You're wearing a beautiful red dress, but you see yellow. It's a kind of yellow, pale that's yellow. I mean, just um, that's a good. Did color. you think about that? What What was your own kind of? What do you think your aura is? Well, I think when I was writing, and by the way, I made up my own language of colors. Like I obviously researched, but you can red can be twenty five different things according to different people, and every different shade has a different meaning. And then, so I, I did create my own language, and then the, the colors move as well and they have their own characters so it developed it grew um so I think the colors I liked when reading were the browns which were very rooted mm-hmm. um and earthy browns greens and then pinks you know but gold was the ultimate you know like a newborn baby would be gold um you know or someone have kind of but I, but I think that's very precious. I don't think people walk around being gold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, earthy colours, hopefully. Earthy colours. Yeah. And I have to ask you about your TV stuff as well, because you obviously have had PS I Love You was a massive film. Postscript is going to be a film too. Is that in the works? It's Yeah, it's an early development. Because that's the sequel yeah. to PS I Love that's You. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and then we had Roar out on yes. Apple TV+, Plus, which is out now. And that you worked with Nicole Kidman on that, which is yeah. some, must have been amazing. It was amazing. I mean, that, that was unfortunately during the pandemic, so I wasn't able to travel. I spent months trying to get out of this country. You were on Zoom calls with her there, right? Uh, yeah, Zoom calls, phone calls. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, she was wonderful, you know, as, as amazing as I think you would yeah. think she is. But e- even better in that I felt she was very grounded and, and very real, which is good, you know, for someone of that level. 
Um, and then her, her and her partner, Parasari, were just the best people to work with. I find really kind and I keep, that's important to me in this business. Um, not everyone's kind mm. um, or polite. <laughs> um, yes, it's not a, it doesn't, politeness hasn't quite travelled <laughs> outside of um, Ireland a lot. So, um, yeah, I found them to be all of those good things. So it was a good experience. And what other um, TV or film projects are coming up? So I've written a TV series. Okay. Um, it's, it's a murder mystery. I've written 10 episodes and that's with Picture Start at the moment. And we're, we're just in that stage of, you know, finding um, someone to... Um, hopefully it will be here. Oh, great. Yeah, that's the dream. Um, but and these so things take years. in Dublin? Um, no, no, it's, it's going to be fictional small town. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was... It was initially America, then it was Canada, then it was, you know, it's it's small town anywhere. You know, it's a very kind of unusual, quirky place. But hopefully I would like, I would dream for it is to be Is this here. a bit of a departure for you, though, murder mystery? Well, this is. This is the question. What is the other genre, if, you know, you would like to write that you haven't <laughs> written? Um, and I was obsessed with Jessica Fletcher. Murder, she wrote, Columbo, <laughs> diagnosis murder. You know, <laughs> if I was off school, I'd be there watching all my, my, um, my cosy cozy murders um, where it's not like about forensic DNA or anything like that it's like I found a button <laughs> a button by a wine glass in a bedroom like I love that stuff so um, so it's not a de- it's a departure for, for anything I've think, had published yeah. or anything like that but it's like in that. your head all the time oh my god it's in yeah. my heart all right, it's in okay. my heart so you were dying to do something like that yeah absolutely do but you- then I've, I've also you know while I was watching Murder She Wrote I was watching kind of the Twilight Zone at 3am so I've brought all of that the, the weirdy Cecilia stuff into it. Do you have a name for that? It's called Detective Thingy-Majiggy. Detective Thingy-Majiggy. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Brilliant. And is it is it actually going to happen, oh, do you I think? So. You know, in the way these things, we never know. I know, we never happen? know. It's it's already years, um, but hopefully it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you'll come back and talk to us about Thingy-Majiggy. I would love to talk to you about Thingy-Majiggy. Thank you so much, Cecilia Hearn, for coming in. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you and Thank I can't you. wait to read your... 20th and your 21st. <laughs> Thank you very even much. Even though they're in different order yeah. uh, coming out. And well done on everything you've achieved. Thank you so much. That was Cecilia Hearn there and her book is called In a Thousand Different Ways. The podcast is produced by Suzanne Brennan and by me, Roisin Ingle, with JJ Vernon on sound. Get in touch with us on social at IT Women's Podcast and the women's podcast at irishtimes.com is our email address. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.